0: To season six of coffee pods a coffee break-length look into the Christian healing ministry do you want to talk about that time when something happened that you did not understand or when you were told how to deal with sickness in a way that didn't make sense to you over the next four weeks we'll be having helpful conversations about that time when our healing journeys have been challenged by suffering silence sickness and sin. So whether you're an Americano, a cappuccino, or a latte, pick up your coffee mug, plug in your earbuds, and let's talk. So today in our series called Let's Talk About When, we're looking at, let's talk about when silence reigns. So Wes, Jesus says, ask and it shall be given you. But I guess we have all had moments when we've done just that, we've prayed, and yet there's no answer really seeming to come, and in effect, heaven does seem to remain silent. And when that happens, why does it hit us so hard?
1: Well, um, it's a great question, Lisa, and, and I think it's because we're finding out in those moments what it means to be fully human, because Part of being human is that we always seek to try and find meaning to things. Mm. And so even in the question of like when God is silent, we're wanting to say why. And and it's a great question and it's the right question to ask. Because in this desire to find meaning, we keep trying to work out which way is up and which way is down in in lots of things. Things like events, decisions that we make, issues, uh, things that happen to us, relationships. And in issues of healing either for ourselves or for others, I found that this question is amplified and and understandably so, because in in a sense, one of the questions that we're asking is we're really expecting um, healing and help from heaven. So that sort of compounds the issue. It's not just a thing that's happened. We're expecting something, even perhaps if we don't articulate it that way, we genuinely are. Um, I mean, it's really interested me, um, the OMG phrase that people use, um, you know, the oh my God thing that people say, and um, even people who don't believe anything. And it's often an unthought and default position for many in crises. Um And and of course, the question is why? Because we don't say, oh, my, something else. We say, oh, my God. And I think it's because it's more than a way of expressing shock and horror. I think it comes from a much deeper place than that, because I think somehow we are wired to ask for and expect help from heaven. Um, So when you're in a hospital bed or you're sick at home on your own, you want information, what is happening to you and why. You want to know why has this taken place, what's caused it. And ultimately, you want to know, is somebody else going to come and fix it for you? Um, You lack control when you feel that all you can do is feel that things aren't right, but you have no power to make any change. You feel helpless and isolated. And so you say, you know, God, help me. Uh, and, and in surveys, they'll say that, um, you know, uh, very high percentages of people, you know, 70, 80, 90 percent of people will say that they have prayed in their life, even if they don't believe. Mm. And the reason is that there is an impact not just on body, but also on emotions and mind.
0: Yeah, that's very good. And I think um, in relation to the OMG stuff, you know, I've I've recently heard uh somebody say he's, he's not a Christian, they'll say Jesus wept when they're you know, when they're really yeah. upset with something, Jesus wept. And they don't know the context necessary of of that bit in the Bible, Jesus wept. But for them again it's like as you've just said, expressing that deep emotion of grief in a way.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and and sort of expecting some connection. That's right. With heaven, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I know that it does impact people differently. Um, you know for me, example could be when i when I feel there's silence, um it can leave me to just be in a pool of my own thoughts, you know, going around in circles, trying to control that situation myself in my head, which can be destructive. sometimes it can be quite um helpful, but but not always. um so what do you think is happening when we've prayed, and instead of a sudden and dramatic answer? There seems to be a bit of radio silence
1: or just static. Um, It it is funny. Static is a great word because it's like, you know, when you're trying to tune your radio and you get nothing, you just get this white noise going on and and it can be quite frustrating. Um, In fact, it actually happened to me at the end of last year during a five day stay at the hotel NHS, um, which maybe I'll tell you about um, later on uh, before we finish today.
0: Mm, so it's interesting. It's not just a theory for you, but something you've personally experienced.
1: Yeah, and actually it made me um, rethink a little bit about the healing ministry from the perspective of somebody needing prayer as opposed to the person always doing the praying. And so it was, it was quite a, a, a learning curve for me.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, you must have prayed in those moments but <laughs> um, we'll come back to that before the end um, but what do you think is happening in those moments? Well,
1: when God appears silent I've worked out that a number of things might be at play and, and for lots of these moments in our lives we are, um, as Paul says, we're looking through a glass darkly we're trying to see something that we can't quite grasp hold of And I love the record of Elijah in James chapter 5, verse 17. It says that that, um, Elijah was a human being as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. So I, I love that, because here is a great success. Here's a model for all us prayers, a man like us. However, if you go to 1 Kings 19, um, it says just after the story of Mount Carmel and this incredible success that James refers to, and then Jezebel threatens his life and Elijah runs. And it says this, Elijah was afraid for his life. He came to Beersheba in Judah. He left his servant there. and While he went a day's journey in the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat under it and prayed, okay, hey, that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my um, ancestors. And then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. And it, it goes on to say that once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. A little later in the story, Elijah's in the cave and he spends a night there. And the word of the Lord comes to him. as is 1 Kings 19, verse 9 and 10. And it says, Elijah, what are you doing here? And Elijah replies, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. And actually in this, you know, Elijah genuinely was a man just like us. I mean, James is right. I know he's talking about the prayer thing in, in his, but actually the rest of the story, he really is just like us. Because he goes from great trust to great trauma, just like us. But God was still present with him, just like us. So he experiences depression. He experiences doubt. He imagines the worst. In fact, I don't know about you, but he then reinterprets the past. Yeah. Um, and he says, you know, um, they're trying to kill me. They've torn down your altars. And and that's the history. But actually, the truth is he's not the only one left. And the truth is that it's only Jezebel who's trying to kill him, not Israel who's trying to kill him. But suddenly he's reinvented the whole story, which is what we do when we hit those moments of silence. I don't know about you, but I can rewrite the entire script of my whole life when you hit those moments. But of course, God is still with him. and And Elijah is just feeling what it this is what it feels like it's not necessarily necessarily saying that's actually the truth Mm. but again i i've understood that you know what was happening to me wasn't the way i imagined it it wasn't necessarily the truth but in the dark you make up bigger stories however he's not out of god's reach and funnily enough he's not out of god's sight Mm.
0: either yeah it's it's interesting because you can when you were just reading those passages you could almost find yourself instantly in that you could just relate to it straight away yeah yeah yeah. but back back to that story what does God do with him and, and with us
1: well it's interesting that that God doesn't do to Elijah what we would naturally think he ought to do you know, so he doesn't rush in with angels. He doesn't send a counselling team or a prayer team in. He doesn't get the ministry team. He doesn't get a worship band. He doesn't organise a meeting for him. Um, the, the first thing he, he does is he lets Elijah become physically stable. So Elijah hasn't had food or drink and, and God provides that for him. And um, God doesn't initially ask or give information to Elijah because Elijah is not in the right place for that. So God says, nothing and when he does speak he gives God he gives Elijah questions rather than answers and that really interested me because God doesn't initially give him the intellectual um, result of what you know Elijah would like to have he gets him first of all to reflect on the process of how he got there which which I've found many Christians don't necessarily do you know, just to, to say, OK, Lord, why am I feeling like this? Yeah, I know that I've got this physical thing going on, but what is that also telling me about what I expect my life to be or what I expect from God? And, and God leads Elijah in a process, not just in a crisis moment. Because, I don't know about you, Lisa, but we often want God to sort out the crisis just like that. Yeah. When actually God's answer might be, in fact, you know, often the only way through is through a process. It's not really like, I'm a Christian, get me out of here. It's actually saying, you know, because God knows we need process sometimes in order to find healing and wholeness. So he leads them in a series of moments. and You can see that in the story. Um, I think God is dealing with Elijah in the context of their relationship together, Um and and god's silences are often an invitation to come closer and seek him isn't it funny if you if somebody's talking to you and you can't hear them what do you do well you move closer and i think sometimes god is saying come closer come on come come closer but the truth is that one way or the other god is always at work in it the problem for me certainly and i guess for many of us is often in those moments It's not that God isn't working. It's just that I can't see it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And on that, I actually I asked a friend the other day when when it feels like God is silent. Like, how does that make you feel? Um, And I didn't know what they were going to say back. But they actually said, well, God doesn't actually speak verbally to me. Sometimes it's an action and looking out for me. Um, and to me that you know that's a whole theology thing isn't it as oh, well but it's absolutely. true it's true he is at work still
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: mm. so let's go back to your stay at the hotel nhs <laughs> what did you do when you experienced your stay there
1: well, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, I have to say, I love the NHS. I think they're one of the best things we have in this country. And, um, you know, we should do everything we can to support them. Certainly as a healing ministry, we think that's important. Um, but for me, I was in hospital for five days. Um, and I'd bought in a, on a retreat some time back, some Celtic prayer beads. They have the cross and then they have uh, big beads that are staging beads and then they have small ones which you just do the process of the confession or the lord's prayer or something like that and and it's it's a bit like a circuit you can just go around in the loop and you know when you started and you know when you finished and so lying in bed it was very difficult sometimes to just get your mind around what was happening to you and certainly as i said you know being the person who does all the praying, to be the person who now needs somebody else to pray, was a learning curve for for me, Um, experiencing experiencing what it was like on the other side. But one of the things that I found was that... um, (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) (coughs) One of the things that I found was that I could pray the Lord's Prayer by just literally moving the beads through your hands a phrase at a time and I found that the rhythm of that was quite comforting but also it helped me to focus I knew that I was here on our father who art in heaven and I was able to do that and actually I was able to do that um, throughout the day because I wasn't trying to make up a prayer which sort of said dear god get me out of here I don't like this I was able to to pray, but I wasn't trying to find the emotional content of it to do that. But secondly, the second part of the beads, I, I pray regularly for names and we have names in Acorn that come to us. And I, I I recall some of those. And so each bead became a name of a person. and I found that perhaps praying for other people helped take my focus off me and the need that I was imagining that I might have or whatever, and um, and I, I found that really helpful because I I could sort of if you like complete a circuit and then I could choose to start again and I found I've got to be honest the Lord's Prayer was probably the thing that I was able to do most easily um, yeah. in in those moments and I, I am okay by the way just in case yes. you worried it, it was not <laughs> the big thing that you know whatever but um, I it did teach me something yeah. about prayer and healing that has been very helpful and instructive for me in in the ministry but also in my own life
0: yeah that's really great yeah and I was just thinking where you were saying about praying for other people it reminded me of a time you were talking I think it was at our live at 11 service about rejoicing in other people's blessings which I think in times of silence or feeling like their silence can be helpful as well you know if you see somebody who's been blessed Rejoice with them and you experience the blessing, I think, sort of in that as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that, yeah.
0: So how about um, praying for those that we're journeying with today? Is that all right with
1: you? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. Father, thank you that you know all our stories. And Lord, you know the moments when we've had great trust in you. And the moments when we have struggles to feel your presence or to even consciously be able to frame um, prayers and words that express something that we're just feeling in our hearts. Lord, thank you. You know our stories when we felt full of faith and you know those moments when we fe- fe- felt overwhelmed and uh, out of our depth. And thank you in both of those times, Lord, you are always with us, because that's your promise. That's your covenant, your word to us. But Lord, I pray today for those who listening to this are maybe in hospital, maybe at home. uh, Lord, feeling isolated and hopeless and powerless with not enough information and not enough light on the path that they think is before them. And so, Father, thank you that you send your Spirit in these moments now as we pray in Jesus' name. I ask that you'd send your Spirit to them, to us all, that in some way your love and your presence will be communicated to us in a way that we can understand and receive. And Father, I pray for those who are sick today in heart or mind or body. That, Lord, even now, listening to this, you will lay your hand upon them, you will lay hold of them. And in Jesus' name, release your healing life and power. These things we ask because of our relationship with Jesus and because we ask in his name. Amen. Amen.
0: So thank you, Wes, and thank you guys for joining us today. Um, If you have any questions of your own about Christian healing please feel free to send them through to our info at acornchristian.org account. And we'd love to grapple them over a cup of coffee with you. And um, if you like what you're listening to, please give us a review on iTunes. It helps people find um, the podcast. It's not, you know, we don't want to have lots of five stars. We just want people to find us. (laughs) So we'll speak to you soon. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to coffee pods we hope that you have found today's episode helpful and inspiring if you have a question of your own about christian healing send it to info at acornchristian.org and we'll respond for more information about acorn our events and how to support our work check out www.acornchristian.org see you next time